Welcome to episode 19 of the Worship is Life podcast, where worship equals relationship and relationship is the purpose of life. I'm your producer, Taylor Marshall, and here is your host, Todd Marshall. Thank you so much, Taylor. Well, I trust that our listeners really enjoyed listening to our last minute emergency miraculous departure from Pakistan. Um, I know it's still fresh. Uh, on us, and um, we're still freshly grateful for being home and safe and looking forward to this episode and telling more about the actual trip and all the ministry opportunities and all the relationships that were growing and all the relationships that were started with these wonderful people over there. Um, I just want to say again right at the beginning thankful to all of our listeners who have been part of supporting us Mm -hmm. in so many ways. And actually the financial support that came in was one of the major confirmations that we were to go now. We had a certain amount that we had to raise and almost twice as much came in, which we are now so grateful for because every penny of that ended up going to cover some, well, all surprise costs, some surprises that we needed to cover, which always happen on a trip like this. But then the big surprise at the end, uh, and any dollar that was left over went right to them to purchase food for 150 Christian families to get through this three-week lockdown Mm -hmm. that they are still in the midst of as uh, this is airing. So big thank you, big thank you, big thank you. We talked quite a bit last week about, you know, living by faith, not by sight, uh, using our understanding but not leaning on it. And we talked about, you know, vaguely that we had lots of confirmations and things that were um, pointing to this was the right thing to do and to, to live by faith. And again, the financial support from many people who are probably listening to this podcast was a major piece of that. Yeah. Uh, it would have been a different story if we just didn't have enough money to go and felt like we we're supposed to like, and you know, we just use what's in front of us and trust the Lord. And he opened the doors the whole way through. Yeah, for sure. So the trip itself, it was uh, about a 24 hour journey to get over there. Uh, flew out of Minneapolis mid to late afternoon on Monday, the 26th of April. Yep. And went to Chicago. Uh, we're there for a few hours till we caught our international flight to Abu Dhabi. Did you want to say anything, Taylor, about that flight? That was the long one. Yep. That was the 14, almost 14 hour flight. And probably the longest flight I've ever been on. And mm-hmm. something unique about traveling these days is from the moment you enter your first airport to the moment you leave your last airport, no matter how many stops you have, you have to wear a mask. So you can imagine a 14-hour flight and a 24-hour travel day wearing a mask the whole time, mm-hmm. except for when you're eating something, drinking something, or going to the run to the restroom and you know take it off for a minute or two to get... Some fresh air, which is in the bathroom, which is not the most fresh air place to be. So anyways, um, yeah, just kind of, I mean, we had a really beautiful flight. Um, We were with Etihad Airlines, which is just an amazing, amazing company, amazing Mm -hmm. hosts on that flight. Uh, They really know what they're doing. They gave us multiple meals. um, And it was just wonderful experience. They took really good care of my guitar. It was just great. Anyways, that was fun. And we were able to, we actually had like nobody on that flight. How many people do you think? Yeah. I mean, out of a plane that could hold almost 300 people, there was like 20 people on the entire flight. Yeah, right. So we all, I mean, we were, they were begging us at the, at the counter to upgrade Mm -hmm. for a ton of money to first class, which we did not feel right about doing. So what we did was we all had, you know, as many rows as we wanted. So we were just able to stretch out and lay down Mm -hmm. on a whole row of seats, a three row, three seat row of seats. 
and uh, got some sleep. So we both slept a decent amount on the way there, which was nice, and trying to deal with the whole jet lag thing, and then arrived in Abu Dhabi, and we had quite a layover in Abu Dhabi. Yep, a few hours. Yep. And then uh, one more flight to our final destination. Yeah, another three-hour flight to Lahore, and uh, we arrived there. 12.40 a.m., so now the time has, you know, changed because we were 10 hours ahead. So it was 12.40 a.m. Wednesday there, and, uh, yeah, it was crazy. Um, so even before we got to our welcoming committee, we were being welcomed by people we had no idea <laughs> who they were. Yeah, two guys walk up to us. Uh, with pictures of us on their phone. Yeah, and these were like these were airport employees. Right. One was like a baggage guy. So we're, one was we're like walking a security past guy. kind of the typical people, you know, trying to sell taxis or people holding up signs with names. And then these two guys walk up and they have pictures of us, but we've never seen these men before. So we're just now, you know, already walking into Pakistan for the first time, just trusting the Lord and trusting the people that that we're with, yeah. but but haven't seen yet. So now these guys come up to us and we're just wondering, you know, did they get our information? Do they want a tip for helping us get in our luggage? Mm -hmm. And they were saying like, we're your friend, we're your friend. And so then they helped us just through the last security checkpoint, um, which was again, you know, just a little nerve wracking because we're just um, wanting to make sure we're being as respectful as possible and doing all the right things. And then we actually got pulled aside by security to check through your luggage. Yeah. Yeah. So they opened up my suitcase and we had a, I had a couple major things in there. Originally we weren't even planning on checking a bag. We were just going to try to go with as minimal stuff as possible, but we ended up having a congregation donate five wireless microphones whose frequencies were no longer legal here in America, but could be used over there. Yeah. So that was a lot of weight, uh, but then was a big question mark there uh, at that first security check. And then we had all these gifts for them, that for their leadership team that we were bringing, and they were not happy... <laughs> They were not happy about no, that. They weren't. They're like, you can't bring this many of this item into here. You can only bring two or three. And we had like 20. And uh, so they went off and had a little powwow and came back and they just said, all right, all right, just go, just go, just go. And meanwhile, the people that we're, that are trying to calm us down are the people we don't even know. Yeah. And these we talked, these two guys. Yeah. That just and we talked before how connected that our host was uh -huh. with people. So here we are, a three-hour drive away from our final destination, and we're already being approached by airport employees that are connected to this community right. of Christians in Renalco. So then we walk out that final checkpoint, and we're now outdoors for the first time in 24 hours, and we see some familiar faces. Yeah, so there was a whole line of people, including uh, the primary couple that um, we've been connected to, and also our main interpreter, who's the lead pastor of this whole ministry. Um, and so they were there. I mean, they had a, a van and two other cars. So um, a whole entourage of, of three yeah. vehicles full of people waiting to meet us. And this now is like almost one thirty, almost one thirty in the morning. Yeah, their time. And uh, they're committed to being up all night just to pick us up and get us safely uh, to their home. Yeah, it was crazy. We didn't even, I don't think we even ended up seeing all the people that they brought in their entourage. I don't think so either. There was just other vehicles driving in front and behind us because they were so thrilled about our arrival. Which and was wanting really cool. to keep us safe, we learned later. Right, yep. Yeah. So that first, uh, that first drive was not that eventful um, as far as the experience of driving in Pakistan uh, because it was the middle of the night. Uh, there was a few, you know, getting adjusted to in the driving there, but we had many, many, many drives <laughs> dur oh, yes. during the week that had our full attention. Yep. Um, it was crazy. I would think we talked about this a little bit in last week's episode, but yeah, just, um, and this isn't a fair analogy, but I just thought if you could imagine running or walking as fast as you can or jogging like in Times Square 
at its maximum capacity. Or the state fair at maximum Or if you're capacity. from Minnesota, at the Minnesota State <laughs> State Fair at its maximum capacity, shoulder to shoulder, and maybe even other people trying to uh, run or jog um, and, and, and feeling like every collision could be uh, taking your life in your hands. It was, it was, it right. was so crazy, it's like crazy driving or and running to them. Is, it was nothing to them. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was it just completely normal. The craziest thing out of all of the driving and all of all the ways people were avoiding <laughs> each other and actually working with each other to keep moving was when I would see a young lady riding side saddle mm-hmm. on the back of a motorcycle going 30 to 50 miles an hour mm-hmm. weaving in and out like not even holding on to the guy no, who was driving there. just sitting there like there was nothing and nothing sometimes to worry at about. night with no headlights on the bike oh my goodness and sometimes there was one or two children as well on that bike with oh them. yeah there I mean, could be three four or five people at a time yeah, on a it motorbike was, it sounds crazy but we saw it driving right past our window many times i've got a lot of cool video shots of literally just holding my phone up against the window. And it looks like we're just out in the road and some just some crazy sight. It kind of felt a lot of times like we were in a movie because, um, you know, we've been to other countries before, but certain specific environments you see in the movies and in the media. And then we just got dropped right in the middle of it. And it was very, it was real, but very surreal at the same time because yeah. it's something like exactly like I've seen in, you know, lots of either news clips or movies. And we were just in it. Um, so yeah, again, imagine trying to just walk as fast as you can in a sea of people and then slamming on the brakes to not bump into anyone. Cause we never bumped into anybody nope. the whole time, but I mean, literally inches, if not centimeters, <laughs> water <laughs> Buffalo walking by us in the down, you know, in the market bikes, uh, big wide wagons with donkeys pulling them and people standing on them with layers of bricks under their feet, transporting brick. Like it was yeah. just amazing. It was really beautiful to see it all. Yeah. So then middle of the night, uh, arrive in Renala Kurd. So now it's like 3 a.m. or so, maybe, yeah, 3.30 a.m. And, you know, we pull off the main road into this neighborhood and the roads in the neighborhoods, like we would think of them as like alleys, like they look like back alleys. Right. Narrow. Very bumpy. Um, lined with doors that go into people's homes. Uh, That's exactly what it looked like, a back alley. Yeah, look, yeah. And so so they drop us off, you know, half a block away from the entrance to the home where we're staying. And we were greeted with... What time is it now? Like 3.30 in the morning. Yeah, right. Yeah, so these people are so excited that we're coming. There is now another welcoming committee Mm -hmm. with people in the alley, but then also in windows up above us in the second floor and even on rooftops Mm -hmm. with plates of like flower petals. And this happened many times going into Uh meetings for the first time too. The greeting is like, think of being pelted with rice at a wedding here. We were pelted with flower petals. Mm -hmm. Um, I kept wanting to watch it because it was such an honoring, beautiful thing. But they would be <laughs> just tossing right in my face. So I kind of squint and oh, look yeah, down a absolutely. little bit. Because you're getting chucked. chucked. It was, it was, there's nothing wrong with it. I just wish I could have watched more. But I was trying to keep my same, eyes closed. Yeah, same here. So that so so much excitement, very beautiful, um, very beautiful welcome right off the bat. Mm-hmm. And then we go into their home. And the home, you know, small, modest, uh, first level is their living quarters. And then the second level is their sanctuary, which we never saw until several days later. Mm-hmm. But but inside, like relatively speaking, nice. So like, oh yeah, t- you know, well lit, tile floor. Fan. You go right into like a kind of, a, well, their eating area and then just a little tiny not even a living room, but a place where actually our host mom was laying and mm-hmm. sleeping because she wasn't feeling that great. Um, and uh, yeah, so they said, okay, you guys go rest for a little bit and we're going to make breakfast. And we're like, okay, it's 3.30 in the morning. Yeah. Don't we all want to, doesn't everybody want to go to bed? Right. Oh, no, 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 no. We're too excited to sleep. Yeah. So we'll get we'll get you up. We'll call you in 30, 45 minutes for breakfast. Yeah, they were too excited. To, I mean... Th- we kept saying, shouldn't you guys all be in bed? Because the welcome was all a bunch of children there. All I mean, oh, yeah. every the kids member, were up, every family up. member of that whole basically street. 
And it's cool because they it's such a community-based culture, which we saw over and over and over. Talked a little bit about that yeah. last week. Very different and very cool uh, and very refreshing for multiple reasons to be in, in. I mean, it literally is the opposite side of the world. We say all the time... If you dig, you know, dug straight down, you'd you'd hit China. Well, we were bordering China and yep. India, so yep. we literally were on the opposite side of the world, uh, and just the culture, you know, couldn't be much more different. And it was very refreshing in a lot of ways. Um, yeah, I would say their culture screams relationship. Oh yeah, and I mean, and honor too, as many of you may know, just super honoring. And we'll talk more about how they just honored us like we've never been honored before. So uh, we went in the room for a little while. So, uh, so Munavar and Koser are hosts. We, so I stayed in their room. They gave up their room for me. And again, their room was, was nicely tiled and wall spackled and pretty decorations on the ceiling. And then Taylor was in the daughter's room, which was adjacent to my room. And then we had a bathroom in between us that we were shared. Yep, that so their we shared. kids gave up the room for me for the week. And I don't know how they pulled this off, but shortly before we got there, they installed wall air conditioning units mm-hmm. in each of our rooms. Mm-hmm. And that was like a lifesaver for, for yeah. us uh, all throughout the week. Because we weren't expecting that. Oh, no, not at all. We just thought fans, you know, we even brought fans, mm-hmm. small fans in our suitcase if we if we needed them. But they had they had ceiling fans. Um, but yeah, so these two rooms were air conditioned except for when the electricity went out or a fuse was blown. Um, and we're but, talking 105 outside. Right. Most of the day. So, I mean, it was, yeah. it was hot. And not that hot at night, but still you're talking between 80 and 90 mm-hmm. at night. And, uh, so yeah, so that was, that was amazing. And then in between us, we had a bathroom, which was unique. Uh, you know, it turned out to be kind of cool. So, you know, sink, shower, toilet, but the shower head was on the wall in between the sink and the toilet and no shower walls, no shower curtain, no nothing, just a drain on the floor. And so when you showered, the entire bathroom got wet Mm -hmm. and two hours later, it was all dry again. And what's funny is that was so bizarre to us at first. And by the end of the week, I was like, I'm I'm already used to, (laughs) I'm already used to this, taking a quick shower. Um, and the water temperature coming out of the shower head was almost always lukewarm. Mm-hmm. So it was very manageable. And we were always it wasn't like sticky ice cold when, we were, when we were showering. So it was, uh, it was refreshing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, yeah. So then we got up, had breakfast, uh, everyone stayed up. And then after breakfast, which is now it's like four or four thirty AM, then we went to bed and actually slept six hours, which was mm-hmm. great. Which was great. Um, and then we started a series of days that was jam-packed with meetings. So, mm-hmm. one of the, so one of our meetings, which they were so excited about and we were excited about, mm-hmm. was going to be a one-night crusade where they were expecting anywhere from two to 4,000 people mm-hmm. to come to this night, one-night crusade. And <clears throat> that meeting... I mean, they had rented like 60 buses Mm -hmm. to go into the villages and pick up people and come to that meeting got canceled by the government probably two days before we got there. And they didn't tell us for a day or two um, because they were they were so disappointed. They didn't want to disappoint us. And they canceled it because of COVID reasons. Right, right? exactly. Yeah. yeah. And they really were confident that that wasn't going to happen because, again, it's in the midst of Ramadan. And so, you know, the mosques are packed um, and people are having, you know, getting ready for all these celebrations. So they, they really thought that the COVID concern was, was going to get pushed, con- continually pushed down mm-hmm. because of that. But But our big meeting got canceled. And so as a result of that, we probably ended up having about twice as many meetings as was originally planned because there's all these pastors and leaders that were begging for us to come to their village uh, meetings since they weren't going to be able to come to the crusade. Yeah, so I think we probably did six or seven villages, um, maybe maybe five or six villages, and then two or three leadership meetings. Yeah, three leadership meetings. Yeah, three... Um, and then two church services 
as well, two or three. So it was mm-hmm. like, and then many impromptu, yeah, house visits. So it was two or three full services and, a day, yeah. Uh, as well as you know, on our way to lunch, we just someone in the street walks out of their house, invites us in, yeah. we go in and pray for their home and pray yeah. for the and family. Every and, every meeting is just like surrounded with um, just an ordeal. It's an ordeal mm-hmm. for every meeting. Yeah, getting there, uh, getting back. Um, the meals that may be attached to that, the visiting, um, the pastor's home that may be attached to that. Yeah, and and also, you know, not to be this dead horse, but it was, you know, besides one day maybe, it was 105 degrees. So every day with multiple meetings was like pushing us physically yeah. and even, you know, culturally because we're surrounded in a different culture, we're very thankful. Probably seven of the of the security and pastors that were always with us mm-hmm. spoke, you know, just about fluent English, which was amazing. I mean, strong we knew, accent, but we could communicate we know, with them. We know, um, uh, four, I know four phrases in Urdu, which is um, "Salamji," which is "Hello," "Shukriya," which is "Thank you," "Achahe," which is "Good," and oh boy, didn't you know goodbye? No. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Good yeah. Hafiz, which was goodbye. Yeah. See you yeah. later. Okay. Um, so anyways, you think about, I knew four words in Urdu and they were able to communicate with us the whole time, but we're, you know, using a ton of mental energy in every environment to be communicating to English as simple as possible because mm-hmm. then they're translating for mm-hmm. us. And then probably, I don't know what percentage of the conversation that we were around was still in earth. I mean, they would always be talking in oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. around us. So it was just like many, many, many elements that would be stretching or pulling in different directions, all woven into every one of these days. Right. And, uh, like, how do you even put that into words? That's why I'm just trying to give you yep. some context here. So we wake up after that, uh, six hour sleep and we were off to the races. Um, our first village visit was a kids meeting. So many, many children, and uh, we did. Um, we started with me coming up with Taylor, and doing two kids songs. So, well, we call them kids songs now. And this just came to me like a week before the trip. So these are two songs that 30 years ago I was leading in youth camps. Mm-hmm. You know, as a youth slash music pastor. So Pharaoh, Pharaoh, for those of you who remember that old one with the actions, and then higher, higher mm-hmm. with the actions. And we did those probably in three or four meetings where there was lots of children and those went over huge. They went over big and <laughs> it's crazy to give anybody context. Like I had, I had heard Pharaoh Pharaoh from some skits you'd done back in the day, but I had never sung or played either of them. Right. So we literally listened once to them in America and then you just like practice them at, the air, them at, at the an airport, airport in Abu Dhabi. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that was it. And they were huge hits because they had actions. Both songs had actions. Yeah. So we had the kids doing the actions with us and they just loved it because most of the kids in those villages don't speak English. I mean, they knew thank you because we, you know, when we'd be with them, they'd say thank you and hello, which is really interesting. Like when you go into another culture and you're clearly American or European or whatever, and you, they know you speak English, I'm there to, I'm trying to say my four phrases in Urdu, right? And they're saying their four phrases in English. So they're saying hello and thank you. And I'm saying hello and thank you in Urdu. So uh, these kids... All that to say, they didn't really know English songs, so that's why the actions would speak louder than words. Yeah, and when we did Pharaoh, obviously that's a Moses story, and so I was able to tell that whole part of the story with an interpreter uh, of Moses before... They, uh, they, before we actually sang it, which ended up being a huge connection because of course the Israelites were building bricks for Pharaoh. And that's what most of these village kids are doing and people spending their lives building bricks for the Muslim owners in that area. Right. Literally, literally brick villages is like a good way to call it. So we would drive 30 minutes to two hours into some of these villages. Um, we have some more details a little bit later in the show, but and I mean, just again, movies like big fields of hay. Um, there was like a big smokestack at one of these places yeah. and there's just like dry clay and like sand everywhere. And they would just use their local clay um, and the hay that was brought in or farmed there. Right. They got people. And oh, man, seeing p- driving by those places mm. a couple of times with just like dust from the hay 
just flying everywhere, and they're just like, just like whacking, whacking it hundred degrees hay into bales from sun up to sundown. Oh man, I we were you know we were in our air conditioned car driving by, like Dad, look at that, and that mm. oh my word, so. So, Lord, be with those people that are out there maybe mm. today mm. doing that if mm. they are with everything that's going on there. But anyways, so these kids, all ages, whatever, you know, kids to senior citizens are just out there every day, uh, nine to five, if not longer, probably longer, all day long, making bricks. That's what they do. And they're paying off family debt. And um, it's just the life that they have. And yeah. that's where they are. And so even one of these... Um, I think it was the first village we did, mostly kids. We just talked about it a little bit, and the Muslim, um, the Muslim, you know, leader or master of these people, actually gave them the day off to come to our meeting, which was a big deal. Because mm-hmm. uh, you might want to ask, well, how did they come to your meeting if they're making bricks all day? Well, their their leader um, allowed it, which was a really big deal. So, and then we were we also were. Um, able to pass out from our own hands plates of rice and chicken that had been prepared yeah. um, that we were able to help support. Yeah. And right, which we helped yeah, raise the funds for. Yeah. Yeah. So then that evening we had a local gathering. Uh, and what was great is that at every gathering, every meeting we had, except maybe one, but I, that Taylor was able to, to do music, some level of music, and many times multiple songs. And so he was doing able to do his own music over there, which was just crazy for him to think about. And then there was a few, um, you know, f- familiar songs to any of us that some of the leaders loved over there that, that w- they would ask Taylor to do uh, most meetings. And so we had a yeah, great meeting uh just locally there in the in the evening yeah and they would have some of these church buildings well the church buildings and some of the villages i should say would have one or two speakers um like sound sound equipment speakers as well as like a tiny soundboard maybe or they just plug into the back so and then a microphone and they would often start with urdu worship mm-hmm. so then they'd have a worship leader singing and then like a hand a hand um like an accordion with a hand pump. So they're pumping it with their left hand to get the air moving and then playing the melody with the right hand. And then they'd also mic um, like someone on a seated position playing a double-sided drum with their hands. Mm -hmm. And so in a couple of those environments, I was able to bring my laptop with tracks to songs from my album. So I would do like Always Remain, How Could I Love Another. I think I did Run In one time, um, which isn't as much of a worship song, but it's kind of like a presentation song. And even in one of the villages was able to do songs with tracks, which is really cool for the kids. Yeah. Then the next day we started uh, off with a leadership seminar. So we were able to do three uh, of these different seminars throughout the week. That was leadership teaching. And there was about 40 pastors and leaders at this first one. And when I did the, and of course, I, you know, every leader loves teaching leaders because you know that that is going to have a wide influence. And so the leadership teachings uh, would always focus on our role as leaders in God's relational pattern of revelation and response, and then a teaching that I do on relational authority. So how God looks at authority versus the way we look at authority um, in our humanity. And uh, so that was that was a really great uh, a great meeting, um, and then that same day was the longest drive we took to a village. That was a, like a two hour. So that afternoon was a two hour drive to one of these places that Taylor had just described, one of these brick making villages. Um, and uh, yeah, it was uh, it, it was a, a really special meeting. Mm-hmm. We arrived and there was like a couple hundred people just waiting under a tent for us, another situation where they had been given the day off so that they could be at this meeting. Yeah. So we, we pulled up to the kind of entrance of the, that meeting area. Um, and they were all facing away from us. So they were seated facing away from where we pulled up. And then as we walked around, it was, that was probably the oldest mix of people that we Mm. did a meeting for because Mm -hmm. it was a lot, mostly adults, 
and a yeah, lot of senior adults. Yeah, we were actually supposed to do an, a children's meeting following that, which is why there were no kids there. You're, oh, that's right. And then and then it just got so late in the day and so hot. Yeah, it was so hot that we we that they fed everyone, but we yeah. had to leave before we did the second meeting. Yep. So it was adults and senior adults and just just so many beautiful people all sitting barefoot yeah. on the ground on this just really beautiful um, like blanket that they had laid out and then a tent and it was just yeah. really hot. And that was the first time that I did the crusade message. Right. So I prepared a specific message for the crusade and that message ended up working multiple times in certain settings. And that was the first time we gave the crusade message and it was a, it was a great response. Yeah. And if you're, I mean, we're obviously, this is a podcast, so we're doing our best to explain it, but I mean, we've got pictures of a lot of these meetings on our social media pages, as well as working. I mean, we've got a ton of video footage and we're working on putting together um, quite an extensive video recap yeah. um, that eventually we'll be promoting for you guys to check out too. Yeah. And then on the way home, we ended up stopping and doing an impromptu concert just in a home. Yeah, we... I remember being pretty done for the day, and I think <laughs> we were actually really hungry at that point. Um, because what what we were always trying to do is eat only at our host home mm-hmm. in case a village didn't have clean water right. or the person who prepared it was, you know, just didn't have clean hands or whatever. So we were, our hosts made sure we were overly careful with what we ate, which we appreciated. So a couple of times we would not be able to eat the meal prepared for our whole group in a village. Right. So I believe we were quite hungry at this point. And it was like, one more, one more thing. We want to go into this house. So just walked into this house and I recognized a bunch of the, um, kids and teenagers from our first, very first meeting. And so they had a large fun. courtyard. So we were like, yeah, out in the courtyard yeah, we walked in, in front of the entrance to their house. Right. Walked in like this brick gate. Yeah. Walled in. Yeah. Yep. This brick gate. And, um. Brick wall, I should say. Yeah. And, and we, and then they just kind of, you know, they were just happy that we were there. So we're just saying hi and just kind of sitting down. And then they were like, can you sing a few songs? So I kind of did like a three or four song concert, which is cool. And they all kind of came together and sat on the ground in one area. We've got some cool picture and video of that. And I was probably like 25 people. Yeah. They just kept coming. 25, 30. And, uh, that was a really fun moment. It was really cool. Yeah, and speaking of uh, always eating at our host home, you know, the food was great. Um, yeah, it was good food. You know, obviously lots of rice and then chicken mix in there and vegetables and always fresh fruit and always bottled water. And one pe- pastor in particular <laughs> wanted to make sure we always stuck to this same brand of water because yeah. from his perspective, even some bottled water was just not clean enough. Um, and I've done the rice and beans thing, but like... This was some of the best rice I've ever had. Like they they bring just everything that they brought was good. We let them know that we don't really do spice and they use a lot of spicy stuff. So they were always trying to tell us if that it wasn't spicy, make sure they were careful. And so even um I mean, even like this massive plate of rice was just like so good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think too, after like a long day of meetings and we get back to a ceiling fan and some food. It was just a big blessing. Yeah. And all the food was prepared right there by a couple of the sisters of our hosts. Yeah. Every meal we had made from scratch by this family. Yep. It was amazing. Um, And speaking of food, so just a few doors down from their home was the grocery store that the other nonprofit I've partnered with lift them up. Uh, the two of us helped them fund that several mm-hmm. months ago, and that is the sole income for this family, which actually allows them to take their Sunday small offerings and divvy that up to those who are hurting most in their community. And they've expanded on that a bit. Like we were in, you know, it's a small space. We were Very in there, small space. and the the whole um, left side is grocery, and you know national products in there, which is cool. Like things that we would have in our own grocery store. And then the whole right side was like ladies cosmetics. And so they've kind of got a lot of different options. And something that's really cool is I was like, so is this like a Christian only grocery store? And they're like, no, it's probably 50% Muslim customers. Mm -hmm. So not only is that awesome, but they're in their community and they've got these relationship, they're building these relationships with Christians and Muslims, uh, through their store, which is so cool to see that we sent them money that they built that with that now is, you know, just continuing to uh, expand, which is cool. So that second day of ministry, we get home and it's late. 
Um, and another cultural experience that we had, which was pretty unusual for us, was the whole massage story. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Taylor, you want to tell any of that? Yeah, it was different than America for sure. But, I mean, they had asked us if we liked massages, and we said, yeah. And so, um, and and eventually, even later, I asked too, like, is this something that you guys do often, you know, for family members? And they're like, oh, yeah, this is very normal. It's We use it as respect and honor and to show our love for each other. And so um, they would massage us. And so they, I mean, which, one of the kind of uncomfortable pieces of this was like, it would, it's again, a hot, you know, like hot and we were still like sweaty. And so it was just one of those things that they differently in their culture, it's just like, doesn't bother them. And they, and so we were just kind of like embracing that uncomfort a little bit and just receiving the honor and just learning a lesson in like receiving love and honor in ways that you're not used to receiving it. Um, and it was, it was crazy because like somebody would be rubbing my shoulders, somebody would be massaging my hands, somebody was massaging my foot. And it was very different than anything I experienced before, but they were just so loving and kind. Um, and they had enough people in there to like give us both a massage at the same time. So it was a very humbling experience. Yeah. Very honoring for them. Uh, so our main host, Munavar, just his father had passed away just weeks before I first met them Mm -hmm. a year ago. And now through all this time of building relationship and the ministry that I've done there via technology. And now even before, even right before they, we left for the trip, he had said to me, we consider you our spiritual father, which was like, that just blew me away. Mm -hmm. And and we were certainly treated like that. And obviously they consider you as one of their own now. Mm -hmm. And um, that was all tied to this, this massage thing as well. So the next day we went to what's called Village 55. So, you know, we're in the town of Renal Kerr, but they number these villages that are in the outskirts. So we were in Village 55 the next day, which I think I had taught via technology once or twice before. So in the morning was a kids meeting, a planned kids meeting. And I actually, so we did the kids songs, which was huge. Taylor did a bunch more songs. And then for the teaching time, I actually used our children's worship book called My First Worship, written by our good friend Bruce Rose, who then we helped finance part of getting this book published. And then I travel around the country and around the world with it because it's just a beautifully illustrated book and it's a beautiful story um, of showing our children, teaching them from a young age, that worship equals relationship. So that means it permeates every part of life with family, with friends. So just a beautiful book. And so I literally just read that as the lesson mm-hmm. uh, that day. And it was it was just beautiful. And then like in most of the villages we were, meetings we were in, and especially the one specifically for children, then we were handing out food at, afterwards. Yeah, and we actually, you know, we went back and had lunch at the house, did some different things throughout the day, and then came back to the same building in the village, 55, same space, um, where we did an evening service. And it was cool because it was the same space, but it was a very different experience. So for the kids meeting in that space in the morning, um, it was very hot, and they had like a big tent. It was basically a a four-walled brick building with no roof mm-hmm. and really tall walls. I mean, like 12 foot tall walls at I least. Yeah. And, uh, and they had this massive like tent, like, you know, if you imagine like just the top of like a circus tent or something really beautiful, um, tent that had been made that was just covering kind of the sun coming down. And, uh, they had a speaker in there and did some music, but then we came back at night and the tent was pulled down and there were LED lights strung over the walls um, and, like, colors changing. And it was just a whole different energy. And this was one of the coolest nights we'd had. So now there's a ton of breeze um, and there's no tent roof. So it's just, like, a really open – and it was very cool because we're in this, you know, brick wall of surrounding us on all four sides full of people sitting down worshiping Jesus and just the night above us. 
It was really cool. Yeah, yeah. And this was one of two or three places where they had some welcome dances for us, where they had uh, their children's ministry. These young girls um, would get up and do these beautiful Pakistani welcome dances for us. And one of the places even did a song in English one time, and it was, again, very honoring and and very, very beautiful. Mm -hmm. So the next day, somehow in there, that day before, they just got done, press, they, they were just pressing us more of, okay, so what do you usually eat for breakfast? And I normally have oatmeal and banana. And so they come out of their kitchen and they had a, a container of Quaker, of Quaker oatmeal. Mm-hmm. So from that morning on, we had uh, made from scratch oatmeal uh, with, you know, bananas sliced on top of it. Yeah, that's uh, great. And so that was, that was really fun to wake up to that morning. And then they wanted, as gifts to us, they wanted to have made for us custom-made full Pakistani outfits. Yeah. So we went on a 30-minute drive to a Muslim home slash shop where we sat in what felt like a living room space, Mm -hmm. but I guess it was more like a waiting room space, even though we walked right by their kitchen, their personal kitchen, and they brought you know, the owner brought in different fabrics, different colors of fabrics for us to choose yeah. what our suit was going to be made yeah, of. Yeah, it was cool. That was something that, I mean, because every other person you see, like half the people with us at all times were wearing like traditional Pakistani clothing and then other half were wearing like just a nice, like, you know, long sleeve dress shirt and pants like you'd see in America. And so at one point I was like, Man, I don't know how much it is, but I want to buy a traditional Pakistani outfit. And so, of course, they wanted, once they found that out, they wanted to bless us with it, which is just like, again, they wouldn't, they'd barely even let us buy things. Like, they just were trying to honor us so much, which they did. And so, um, so we go to get these materials picked out, and it was, you know, I was looking for kind of like, we called it cream color, like a lighter skin tone thing. And so you just, we weren't sure yet. And so we had a lot of options. So he gave me a stack of colors and I picked one that was kind of what I was looking for. And then when I showed him that one, he gave me another stack of all different shades of that color. (laughs) And then he gave me another stack of all shades of that color that were even nicer material. I mean, it was a very cool process. And this is just a bunch of yards of, of fabric folded into a little square. And we just picked the colors we wanted. And then, uh, and then... We were actually back, then we went back home, and a tailor came to our house. Yeah, five minutes after we were home, we in walks the, the tailor mm-hmm. to the home. And he measured us, you know, just like if you were getting a tuxedo for a wedding or something like that, uh, measured all our measurements, and then took the fabric we had just purchased, and he left to his shop to put it all together for us. So then that day, we had, uh, or I did the leadership tra- teaching for... The Bible class. So there's been a group of about 50 young adults that I've been doing Bible teaching for once a month via technology. I think before we left, I I've been doing. I was into like I'd finished lesson seven, so seven months worth. So they gathered that group for teaching, and I did the the leadership teaching for them, which for some of them was probably um, deeper then they may ever apply, but I knew there was key leaders in that, in that group that I wanted to, to bring that teaching to. So that happened that day. Um, and then was that the day we drove to the property or was that the Yeah, but day? first we had another experience at the house. We had to get tested for COVID. And so... We weren't sure what that was going to look like, but again, our friend had a connection, and so he actually invited, um, like a lab technician, um, a COVID lab technician to the house. Yeah. And so he actually swabbed us for COVID at their house, um, and you know we expounded on that, expanded on that story on our last week's episode yeah. with just the intensity of needing to know when it was going to happen and all that stuff. Um, so anyways, moving on, we had been tested in the house, which was something we had never, and, and because I mean, those people there, the, the test was expensive. And so 
all the people that we know in Pakistan had like never been tested before because it's expensive. They didn't know anyone actually who had the virus in their area. They're not flying anywhere. They're just staying in their home city. So they just didn't have a a reason to be tested. And so it was a very unique experience for us. Yeah. So I think it was the end of that day where we took a drive back to Village 55 to look at this property. So a huge vision that they have is to provide free education for children. In particular, obviously, these children of these Christian families, because a huge reason they are in the place they're in is because the government keeps them in a place because they're not educated. And so their vision is to buy a piece of property, build a school and an orphanage, and offer free education for these children so they can start a life and form a new cycle in their family. So we drove to this property, which is in Village 55, but right next door, literally, you know, just adjacent is Village 56. So it's a great location. There's this piece of property that has been offered to them by a Muslim owner that likes their vision. It already has a foundation on it, and he's been holding it for a year and now has given them a four-month deadline to purchase this property. And so we are going to be partnering with Lift Them Up and anyone else who wants to partner with us to at least raise the $30,000 that it's going to take to secure that property and all the documents that goes with it. So we drove there, took pictures, took video, did interviews right on the property. So you'll be seeing that in the near future as well. Yep. So we go to bed, wake up the next morning and had our oatmeal and they even made us omelets, which were just fabulous, all from scratch, all these amazing ingredients. And right after breakfast, um, we were able to present them with the laptop. Yeah. So Coaster had, had said, you know, when I had asked her if there was anything I could bless her with, she was like, yeah, could really use a laptop. <laughs> like, okay, a laptop. So um, I just, I went to literally our local repair place here in town and just walked in and said, who would I talk to about a donation or a discount on a used laptop? So the owner came out, sat down in the waiting room and told him where I was going and what we were doing. And he just said, all right, I'm just going to give you one of these refurbished laptops right here that has the most updated processing system that it can take. And so we took that over and was able to present that to her that morning. That was a really special moment. Yeah, that was really awesome. And so right after that, we went to another village meeting, which actually had to be really short because now we have... Um, a full day scheduled. Yeah, that was one of those that got squeezed in because the pastor was just begging. Yeah, for exactly. Us to be so there. it was a short village meeting. Um, not sure what else to say about it. I mean, it's beautiful. Again, they did the whole welcome ceremony, uh, even putting necklaces of roses around our necks and um, just I, really cool. Yeah, I did a very brief teaching. Yep. I think I did one song and you did a brief teaching. And then that was like mostly teenagers. And then right after that, we went and had um, a full kids meeting. And this was really cool. I posted a lot of video and pictures from this meeting. There was just this gorgeous, gorgeous purple and blue tent, Mm -hmm. like the roof and the walls. And what they did is like there was a house, the pastor's house was like one of the walls. And then they like connected, um, again, kind of the circus tent mentality. They had like three walls of tent and then one wall was the building, and then they draped it all over. It was just gorgeous from the building to the edge of the tent wall. Um, and beautiful, beautiful, beautiful children. A lot of these kids have never seen a guitar before. Um, so it was like this crazy commodity when I would pull out my blessing of a guitar. Um, and that was really fun. So I so then we actually did um, Pharaoh, Pharaoh, and Higher, Higher. Mm-hmm. Um, and those went really well. I did multiple of my songs. Um, and then you were able to teach again with the kids book. Yeah. Did my first worship again. Yep. And they also had dances and dramas to welcome us at this meeting as well. Right. And this is where they had the, the English songs, which was really cool. So it'd be like the, the equation of like a kid special at a church doing actions and drama is what they would be doing for us. And there was only one meeting that ended 
with people coming forward for prayer because of just the whole COVID thing. And that was just a strategy that they chose to take. So we would do group blessings at the end. So almost every meeting I would do a blessing over everyone. And then Taylor, you would come up and and do a blessing as well. And, you know, if it's not obvious at this point, every teaching and prayer would be one sentence at a time and then translated. One sentence translated. Yep. And then on that same day is when our custom suits were finished and got dropped off at the house. That was really fun. Yeah, that was fun. Experience. And then we had our first uh, rooftop tour because the homes all had terraces, you know, stairs leading up to their roofs like they do in that part. Yeah, that was really beautiful. Um, I mean, just seeing the whole city, you can see multiple mosques everywhere you look. Um, You can see like it's just cloudy because there's dust everywhere. Um, and just seeing people walk through the village is really cool. Yeah. And then when that was done, we went down a few doors and did um, the first of three interviews that we did that we want to use as we cast vision for raising support for these people. And so our our main host, Munavar, has four sisters. Uh, one of them is named Sanaa, and she's the one that heads up a lot of their children's ministry for the last four or five years. Really brilliant girl, speaks English so well. And so we uh, interviewed her in her home, right in her home. And uh, that was just, that was really fun. And then that evening is when we had our service in Munavar and Koser's congregation, which meets right above their home. And this is a place where uh, they never had chairs until we were able to raise funds for them to purchase chairs. Uh, We were able to raise funds for them to put a big screen TV hanging on their front wall so that when I'm teaching there, uh, they can see really well. So they've, they've they've had that now for several months. So it was fun to be in that room, see that place, hold service there. And then in that service, I made presentations uh, to Sanaa of My First Worship children's book, and then also to Munavar and Koser of My Worship is Life book, and just able to honor them and heap thanksgiving mm-hmm. and appreciation upon them in front of their uh, congregation. Yeah, which leads us now to our last day, which we weren't expecting to be our last day. Right. So this is now going to be Monday that we're talking about. Um, and so Monday night, we end up leaving. Uh, so we're expecting it to be our last full day of ministry with one more chill day. Um, and that's not how it went. But anyways, we started with a pastor seminar. Yep. So got to do another leadership meeting with about 30 pastors and leaders. So that was, uh, yep. that was really, really, really great. And it reminds me dad, that you were a little stressed out about the time schedule on Monday because they had so many things they wanted to do on Monday. Mm-hmm. Like we had an evening service and they wanted to take us into the city to buy sandals to match our new clothes, Pakistani clothes. Um, there was a meal scheduled. There was um, just all this, diff- a, a ton of stuff going on. So I remember you just taking deep breaths, trying to, you know, all right, we're just going to go with the flow. But looking back, it's crazy because, you know, God is ever present and always working mm-hmm. and mysterious. Mm-hmm. We didn't know, but the 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 time frame that ended up working out is what got us home safely. And so this whole day is leading to that very stressful experience we talked about last week. So that has, you know, that expectation to get moving and to get home and it might very well may have been the Holy Spirit trying to get us home to see the email to get, I mean, just all the miraculous elements yeah. that went into that. So we had the pastor seminar we went into the city to buy sandals, which was very cool. Mm-hmm. We were in this gorgeous shoe store with our whole entourage and they're giving us options and um, we ended up getting matching sandals. They're just really, really cool looking. We'll, we'll have pictures of all that eventually up. And, um, and then we went to Pastor Mahmoud's house for lunch. Yeah. So again, Pastor Mahmoud is the leader of this ministry there. He's the one who does all my interpreting uh, for over this last year and the whole time we yeah. were there, every meeting He's he amazing. was doing all interpreting. Just, yeah, just amazing. Um, and it's really crazy that, he is connected to a congregation right here in Minnesota, in Princeton, Minnesota. When mm-hmm. I first started Googling the name of their ministry, this this congregation came up 
in Princeton, and I went to their website, and on their missions page, there was a picture of Mahmoud with his Crazy. American name, John Sanders. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, what, what is it? So I've been on the phone many times with that pastor and sending him updates. And and they, that congregation in Princeton, is the congregation that raised the funds to build this second layer right. sanctuary that they mm-hmm. meet in and that we did service in that so night. So the lunch we had at Pastor Mahmoud's church, like, is on the lower level of his house and on the upper level is his church. Yep. So we were in multiple church locations that are on the second level of a pastor's house. Mm-hmm. Um, beautiful church. Again, you gave him a, oh, there's presentations there. Did you give yep. him a book? Yeah, I was able to honor him in front of his congregation. Yep. That yep. was so beautiful. Was, mm-hmm. And then afterwards, you know, we had uh, many people wanting prayer and we did our best with the time schedule um, as well as we were able to squeeze in an interview with Mahmoud. Yep. which was cool, and we'll be featuring those in our recap video eventually. Um, and right as we're leaving, um, Mahmoud's like, hey, this roof is actually a little higher than the last one. Do you want to go up again? So now, I don't think we mentioned this, but we put on our full Pakistani dress right before lunch mm-hmm. at Mahmoud. So we did that whole last service in our traditional Pakistani yeah, clothes and our sandals. So then we go up to this rooftop, which is now the highest point we've ever been in this city, this town, and it's like per, it's like golden hour. The sun is about to set. It's like a beautiful orange everywhere. Yeah. And we got pictures together um, in our full Pakistani dress on the rooftop in Ranala Kurd with the sun setting in the back. It was a really beautiful moment. And what's crazy, Dad, is probably during that time, the, the email would have already been sitting on your phone or yep. waiting to download yep. that our flight has been canceled. Yep. So looking at that picture, it's like we have no idea the mayhem we're about to embark on. And it's really like a holy moment for me because it's we're wearing our Pakistani dress. It's the last peaceful moment of our trip. And one of the most peaceful moments. One of the of most the peaceful. Yeah, right. Yeah. It was the truly the calm before the storm. Uh, and we got pictures with multiple people there. And then we rushed home and... You know, because we're supposed to have the birthday party for um, our host's son. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. that ended up not happening because when we went in to freshen up, we got the email. Yeah. And if you missed that story, please, please check out last week's episode. Yeah. Yeah. And and speaking of interviews, one thing that I don't think we mentioned on last week's episode, which ended up being really cool, is, you know, on our final day that we didn't have, we were supposed to interview our main host, Munavar and Koser. And obviously that wasn't going to happen. So in the midst of everything that was going on on the ride to the airport with trying to get everything confirmed, um, I just I just had this thought that I'm just going to say was from the Lord of, wow, let's interview them right now in the car, in the midst of this journey to the airport with everything that's going on. So we turned on the dome light in the car and literally explained why we were in the car, where we were going. Don't know the end of the story, but we'll be telling you the end of the story, whichever way it goes. Mm -hmm. And we were able to interview Koser and then Munavar right there in the car. So that was really, it was an amazing trip. It was a great trip. Um, the fact that we were able to go just, uh, it's just very cool. Again, thank you to everyone that was a part of it. Um, prayer support. I mean, obviously we needed financial support and, and, and you guys gave the Lord provided, but I mean, I can't thank everyone enough for the prayer support. I mean, I would get multiple texts before we could give out an update, like an emergency update. I was getting texts of people just thinking about us and praying for us, which just meant the world. Um, and so we want to bring on before we close here, our honorary member of the podcast. So Billy Bob McCall, you're on with Todd Marshall. Wow. You guys. I mean, come on. Wow, what what a story. What a week you guys had. Man, I just enjoyed every every second of it. I've got to tell you, I've enjoyed it much more than last week's episode. Man, I was I was just dying. I was just dying last week's episode. But this was this was such a blessing to listen to. Now, I know a thing or two about a thing or two, and I just gotta say what what I just kept thinking of as I was listening to you is Ma'am, you guys got to do this as father and son. I mean, come on, tell tell the listeners how special that must have been to do this as father and son. It was pretty awesome, Billy Bob. Thanks sure for bringing was. that up. Yeah, thank you, man. Um, it was it was good. We had a lot of good moments. We complimented each other really well, even just walking through airports. 
you know, one of us would miss a piece of information, the other would catch. And we found that happening consistently where we'd be able to help each other out. Um, and what's cool too, is that we were, I mean, we were in it together. Like we were both experiencing a different culture. Um, and so it was just cool kind of being on the, on that same, um, playing ground the whole time and helping each other out. Yeah, it was pretty hard to describe as a dad. First of all, just knowing, you know, the risk you're putting your son at um, in a trip like that. And then being there and just Taylor just watching you, um, you know, just in your giftings and just your relatability with these people and how much they just fell in love with you instantly. Um just all the dynamics of doing that together. Um, Got to say, Billy Bob, that's uh, that's really insightful of you to to bring that up. That's me, insightful, insightful. Man, I just, I just, I just respect, I just respect you guys so much, and it just challenges me with all the little ones I got running around here, just to, just to make sure that I'm being an example of them, and also that I'm including them and looking for ways to to serve God's kingdom with them right alongside me. Man, that's just beautiful. Love it. I love you guys so much. I love you guys so much. We love you, Billy Bob. We love you, Billy Bob. It's pretty amazing, his uh, reputation on this this podcast. I mean, he hasn't really skipped a beat this whole series. And next week, episode 20 next week. Episode 20. Next week. 20 episodes. We've only missed one week, the week we were in Uh Pakistan. So So um, it's a big deal. Thanks for all you guys who are listening. Um, and we're excited too. you know, we've got, um, we've got links in the show notes now, something that we were behind on the first many episodes, but now you can just click right below in this podcast and you can check out all my music, my website, you can head to worship his life and all those resources. It's going to, uh, we're excited to make that available. And again, just looking for, uh, support and help for these folks. And that can be done through my website or through the lift them up website, which will all be right there in the notes. All right, guys, we'll see you next week for episode 20. Thank you, thank you. For more information and available resources, head to worshipislife.org. Or you can look below this episode in the show notes and you can click on any of the links we talked about in this episode. My name is Billy Bob McCall, and you're listening to the Worshippers Live Podcast.